0: Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. We are slinging cars like you wouldn't believe. We got your smothered, covered, chunk diced, peppered, cap, top, and country style. That would be with sausage gravy on top. And don't forget all the way. Are there what? any Waffle House fans out there? Anybody who's eating at a Waffle House right now? I just what we're slinging cars like we're slinging hash browns here. People are writing it's, in it with is cars they're buying. The, the short,
1: it's great. practically the short order cook of cars. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. <laughs>
0: Well, so tune in for the next podcast when Todd and I talk about how to diagnose your own heart attack and things you can do to prevent um, heart disease. So, yeah. Just kidding. Uh,
1: I, I am horrified <laughs> to know what you've been reading before we started recording because you're in a weird what am I eating and how was it made thing. And that's that's way off where we no, should be. No, I'll tell you my hey, headspace. Yeah, is of it. We sh- T- we should talk about cars tonight. I'll we tell should, you. We should talk about cars.
0: It's because people are writing in to us and saying, hey, I took your advice and I bought blank. Or I took your advice and I went and drove these cars. Yeah. And whether you I right. ended up with one of them, I went and bought this because of the reason. And that mm-hmm. just made me happy. And I just thought, huh. I agree. slinging hash agree. over here. This is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we've got two debates here, and this is Scott and Heather writing from Houston, Texas. I also picked that one because uh, Todd grew up for part of his uh, childhood in Houston, and uh, I thought you could speak to that a little bit. And uh, Scott has created a spreadsheet, and I bet you there's other people out there who have created spreadsheets for their own car shopping. Mm -hmm. I think you have too, as a matter of fact.
1: I have. I have. Oh, yes. I, I've done the spreadsheet thing. But but we've had two or three people send a spreadsheet. Scott's not the first. However, you know, Scott's maybe be – we had one guy that sent us a spreadsheet of – we actually talked about him. I forget his name now, but on one of the podcasts, he sent us a spreadsheet of literally every car he'd ever driven in his <laughs> right, life. Right, right. And it had, like, you know, star ratings, and it was just, I mean, it was pages. And in the case of Scott and Heather, this is how they actually define and kind of whittle down what cars they really think are contenders. And it's an impressive little spreadsheet, but it is hysterical when we get the links to the Google Drive and we're scrolling through going, well, uh, I kind of feel like you've done our job for us. But uh, anyway, that is <laughs> it's a right. cool spreadsheet, though, I have
0: to say. That yeah, is. I was studying it here, and uh, Scott, I've got... Uh an interesting choice here at the end that I think uh, have you might have missed here. So just.
1: I, I, I'm i right there with you. I've got a couple. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, we've also got
0: Daniel, and he is in LA, typing to us while he's holding his baby in his arm <laughs> so you can understand yep. why the 2015 Corvette has to go. And yes, exactly. He's he's looking, essentially, what I'm getting from the email, he's looking at the four-door Corvette. What could replace this feeling? Mm -hmm, and still mm -hmm. not be yuppified, and I just bought the BMW just because everybody else in L.A. drives one, and what is out there that's unique and still fun and part of his growing family? So this will be cool, too. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That'll be very interesting. There's a lot of stuff to talk about there. And he's driven a lot of good stuff or debated a lot of good stuff there, so he's kind of – You know, cordoned us in a little bit. It'll be interesting to figure out where we go on it. I've got a Mm -hmm. wild card and a couple other fun ones for that. And of course, we've got Facebook questions coming up as well. Thank you guys for writing. I do want to say one piece of show business, uh, and maybe this is me being ridiculous, but the Facebook questions in some cases are starting to look an awful lot like car debates. (laughs) Facebook questions are intended to be kind of a, hey, popcorn, little what about this, what about that, what do you guys think of this? So if you have a car debate, write write to us at everydaydrivertv at Gmail or go through our website, everydaydriver.com. There's a Contact Us page there. If you have a car, you're about to pay it off, I'm thinking about doing this, what do you guys think? We'd love to cover it, but please send it to us on our car debates. We kind of got separate funnels, so we kind of have our heads in the right places. And uh, there are some fun Facebook questions here tonight. There's some good stuff as well. Somebody asked, if I only wear red? I've covered that before. Only on camera, and then I don't, but uh, we do have some other fun Facebook (laughs) questions to cover. And uh, one of them touches on our Chicago track day that is coming up on August 22nd. That Adventures tab on our website, both those things are happening, folks. August 22nd is the track day in Chicago, and the end of September is the trip to Germany. We would love to have you on both.
0: You thought we were going to stop talking about them, but we haven't because, really, we do want you long. Hasn't happened yet. We, hasn't happened yet. We're going to keep talking about. Yep, right up until the very last, because uh, these are going to be some fun trips. We're uh, we're we're getting there. I'll just say that I don't want to say too much, but we are we are nearing some good
1: news. We're doing so, uh, we're doing well. We're doing very well. Yeah. So
0: get in on this. We definitely want you to join us and track time. And again, as Todd has explained before. If you have not been on track before, that is OK. Please don't let that be a hindrance Absolutely. from coming. Absolutely,
1: Even if you just yeah, want yeah. to
0: come out, hang out, we're planning, we're right now planning on doing a live podcast at the Chicago Track Day and involving the audience. And so we still mm-hmm. haven't quite figured out logistics on that no one. No pressure. But, uh,
1: <clears throat> no pressure. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we may all be standing on the side of the road together, but it will be awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Find a really big turnout, and everybody stand real close. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah. yeah, the background noise on that one will be terrible, but we'll figure it out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Spreadsheets. This is going to be fun. The spreadsheet was extensive. Let me describe to you. They, they scored it between Scott and Heather, his wife. They scored it because they went and drove all these things at the dealerships. And they gave it a drive score, a non-driving score. I mean, from design, efficiency, safety features, everything that they're looking for. And this is long. I'm impressed, guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so it looks like Heather ended up with a Mini out of all the stuff that you drove. But now Scott is shopping, and he keeps this in a holster on his belt so he can whip it out anytime his <laughs> exactly. wife says, Hey, honey, exactly. go get yourself a new car. And he goes, Ha-ha! I've got the spreadsheet right here on my phone. So yeah. uh, this will be cool. But the thing that caught my eye was not only that they are writing from Houston, but that Scott drives an 07 Cayman S. I mean, that car is near and dear to my heart yeah. because of mine. Yeah. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, here he is that he's... He loves the car so much he'd catch himself almost crashing because he's looking at the crest on the steering wheel going, <laughs> I can't believe I own a Porsche. This is awesome. I, I, I'm i right there with you, Scott. I can definitely relate. Although there is the point past that where you just you do have to look through the windshield. You have to look at the... You know the world coming at you.
1: Well, but if you don't, if you don't look at the world, you won't be driving your Porsche for very long. This <laughs> is the other that side per- of the equation. I mean, either you know, that, or if you're playing is-
0: Pokemon, you're gonna crash into a tree. Oh, apparently. the
1: Pokemon Go thing! I just, <laughs> I that's another one of those things in life where I realize I'm too old. I, I think, I think if you could, if you could somehow play Pokemon Go while Snapchatting, I actually do think that the world <laughs> would fold in on itself. I think that would be the end of it all.
0: We're giving you gold, people. Let's create that app. Somebody has to create the app. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Autonomous cars need to happen so everybody can continue playing all these games coming in the future. That's really the only reason for.
1: Yes, autonomy. autonomous cars need to exist so we can play more Pokemon Go. That really is a sentence I may have to wash my own mouth out with soap now. <laughs> that hasn't happened since I was a tiny child, and it may have to happen now. Yes, <laughs> and you're doing horrific. it to
0: yourself.
1: <laughs> that's horrific. Oh, that's, that's almost funny. as bad. Did you see? Did you see today that that BMW is releasing a new One Series? It's going to be front wheel drive and available in China only, but it still doesn't get that terrible taste out of my mouth. <laughs> The front-wheel-drive BMW 1 Series. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know,
0: the business people have to make their business decisions and figure out what will sell, and I understand that, but it just seems sacrilege coming from a company like BMW. I mean, it just –
1: It does. It's like a slap in the
0: face to the rest of us. Maybe that's why they're keeping it in China only.
1: You know that? So they will see. They I mean, that's the, they're going to release here. it. In, <laughs> they're going to release it in China only. But 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 honestly, that market is growing fast enough. We keep talking about China only cars and going. Thank God they're over there. But I, I have to say that the market's growing fast enough and the regulations there are lax enough that at some point the tide is going to shift and those cars are going to start affecting cars elsewhere. It's going to happen. I I fully mm-hmm. agree, believe that that's going to be the case.
0: But anyway,
1: we'll see. You
0: know, uh, interesting piece of information about the Chinese market, and that is by the government's regulations, I believe, require all car manufacturers to either have a manufacturing partnership or some sort of co-branding or co-investment sharing to be able to sell cars. So that's why you will see BMW in partnership with, you know, this company. Yeah, yeah you know GM or Ford or whoever it is they're all it's, it seems strange like why are they always in a partnership and that's because they want the manufacturing there and they want those dollars those investment dollars there so you have to well everybody partners up at the dance with somebody and that's right. why you see that
1: well I'll go you one further China is so incredibly strict about that that if you want access to our billion people you have to mm-hmm. abide by these regulations and yeah. it's almost always a partnership that gets them A local partner or a local benefit and that's happening in the film industry China has an incredibly strict film industry on film releases and they only and and I'm going to get my numbers wrong but they only have a tiny percentage it's like less than 20 percent I think or 25 percent and my number's probably wrong but it's a small percentage of total movies released in China per year can be made outside the outside the country of China so that means all of the U.S. movies that happen out there are fighting for a small number of slots The only way around that is to have major scenes set and shot in China. As a result, certain movies get around it. I'll give you the best example in recent memory, and you probably haven't seen this version. The last Iron Man movie had a couple of scenes that were shot in China and were only shown in the Chinese version.
0: Really? I I do remember you telling me that now.
1: And then there was a movie... There was a movie back a while back. The guy that's directing the new Star Wars movie, uh, Rian—I forget his last name—but in fantastic filmmaker did a movie with Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. If you haven't seen it, it's awesome. Called Looper, great, great time oh, travel yes. film, really, yeah. really well directed. That has a sequence, whole sequence in it, where Bruce Willis is in it, and he lives in China. Well, they were trying to decide where he should live. And they decided on China because of investment deals and it got them directly around that problem and it could play worldwide without a problem. So, I mean, this affects movies. Now, in Looper, it's very organic. In Iron Man, it isn't, but it isn't. It is amazing how (laughs) they, they are affecting every industry and they're kind of twisting it to their benefit because they have that massive, massive market that's available. So there it is on cars. So anyway, shall we pull it domestic and talk about Scott and Heather in Houston? Well, yes,
0: yes. We do have uh, a lot of choices here and some stuff... Honestly, Scott, this last choice that I've got struck me at the very end, and I'll, I'll lead you through my line of oh, thinking, fun.
1: Good. but it okay. just
0: it struck me right as we were starting the podcast here, and I thought, ooh, this could be interesting discussion here. And it's a car you and mm-hmm. I have driven, but not for very long, and so okay. that's why I okay. kind of want to talk about it, but I'm also curious to, uh, to hear your choices, but we got to tell the story first. got to tell everybody about Scott and Heather. <laughs> They know that he drives the Cayman S. And as bummed Mm -hmm. as I am that you're wanting to get out of the Porsche, I do understand it. I mean, I sold it myself, even though I'm back into one. I I understand. Yes, yes, we know.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Does everybody know that? Is everybody aware at this point?
1: Okay, just... Every everyone is collectively <laughs> shaking their heads along with me that you, after all of the discussions about get a new experience, you got a I newer, nicer Cayman. But anyway, yeah, we're all. But we're excited list. to share it with everybody. That's that's the, the good news is we, as a collective audience, will kind of get to enjoy it vicariously through Paul. <laughs> so that will be good. It's but the keep going. royal we,
0: right? It's the collective we. we it's the... <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Aye, yeah, yeah. All right. So this worksheet has led him to many choices. With a budget that he'd like to stick to around thirty to thirty-five thousand U.S. Now mm-hmm. he can afford up to fifty thousand. Which, if you put that in there, I mean, come on, Scott. If you give a mouse a cookie, <laughs> have,
1: have, have you listened to Paul? Yeah, what's, exactly. What's going to happen? Here's right? the money we're now spending. Yeah, exactly. He's
0: going to want a glass of milk. So if you tell me fifty, <laughs> I'm going to use every last dollar you give me.
1: Of course, you are. All right. Of course you are.
0: Uh, I like the, the fact that uh, he put in here this 2017 Miata RF, so
1: the retractable mm-hmm. fastback that intrigues roof. Him. I really want to drive that car. I really do.
0: I wonder what that, that's going to do to the weight balance. Probably I not too much, I just, to be I, honest. I, I'm,
1: I'm really intrigued by that car, maybe more so than I should be. It's one of those cars that's got me really just kind of eyes up and looking for it. I'm, I'm very interested to drive it. Keep going.
0: Yeah, so I liked that. Uh, You know, he's mentioning he's going to miss the power of the Porsche and the power to weight. That's a light car as well. So Mm -hmm, the cars mm -hmm. that he's owned in the past, S2000, we like that car too. We love that car.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah.
0: Jeep. When you say Jeep, just keep in mind, Todd thinks Wrangler and I think Cherokee because of our growing up experiences. So when you say Jeep to me, I don't think Wrangler. Yeah. But I understand it's a Wrangler is what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's talking about loving driving it with the top off off yeah. road. So clearly, that's a Wrangler. But I agree. You say the, the brand Jeep, and you and I go very different places. Keep going.
0: I mean, the top off in a Cherokee means you went under a very low bridge at high speed,
1: and yes, that would be or, bad. or you have a all and some free time. Those are your options. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we well, don't need Yikes. this top. You know what would be better? You yeah, know exactly. Better. That, that's that's uh, one of those hold my beer and watch this moments. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and on a side note, on a side note, <laughs> d- underneath the hood of your jeep, do you have that thing we found in the the dodge uh the charger where it's got the two cup holders on the engine? Do you have that on your jeep? Have you ever looked?
0: I've looked, but I don't remember them being there. I'll have to look again that,
1: that that's the ultimate hold my beer and watch this when you've got cup holders, you know, little embeds on the plastic of your engine cover, but anyway, onward.
0: <laughs> I don't know that jeep owners are necessarily that type. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, but who knows? I didn't know if it was just an FCA thing. If they were just in general going, I've got a huge engine and a beer. I, I didn't know if that was where that was going. Maybe that was the marketing meeting. Uh, okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> it doesn't Besides work as well the G P cars, <laughs> like it does, it that's, that's more of a wine cooler uh,
0: yeah. or a wine spritzer for those. I don't know. Just it. I have
1: I have a Dodge Neon and a cup for my Red Bull. That's what I have. Hey, here we anyway. Go. Um, I'm mixing up very different decades for that analogy, but but roll with me anyway. Come on, people. We can do this. So anyway, uh, he also owned an M5 that he loved, but uh, his description, which I, which I actually really like, is, I spent a fair amount of money keeping the dash lights off. I think that's hysterical. So clearly that car needed something kind of all the time. Had an A3. Uh, Which he liked, but he realized shortly after he bought it, should have bought this in a manual. Which comes to his other recommendation, which is he does not want anything that's not a manual, period. That's Mm -hmm. that's a requirement. He says as much as he knows PDK is cool, manual is a requirement. Of course, he has this Cayman, and he honestly, based on his commentary, there's nothing about it he doesn't like. He loves it. It's an amazing car. He's just got that car guy itch of, okay... I'd like to have something else. I think I'd like to try something else. And if you're Paul, then what happens is you go, I'd like to try something else, and you come back around to the Cayman, because it is that good. But let's get you out of the Cayman into another fun car. You want it to be fairly reliable. You say you're going to put money into whatever it needs, period. But you'd like that not be a constant reality. So manual, fun, reliable. Uh, No kids right now. No kids on the horizon for you and your wife. Um, but this is what you've got at a massive spreadsheet, and I have a couple that aren't on the spreadsheet.
0: Excellent news! I think my yeah, all four of mine are not on the spreadsheet, and uh, good. Scott tells us that uh, Heather thinks the Mini is practical, which I'm not stringing those thoughts together. I, I'm not really. Yeah, that's seeing her new that. car, the Mini. Yeah,
1: practical
0: uh-huh. and Mini. How do they? Square, peg, but, round hole. But, but, but they... on the other
1: end of the spectrum, though, the mini is not as mini as it used to be. True. It's now got a little bit of space. Uh, you know, it's it's. I mean, depending upon. Look, you you don't have kids, so you don't have the the plastic uh, baby seat problem. Uh, you know, depending upon what you're doing. Okay, I can see that working. Um, but uh, yeah, where where are you on this? I've got I've got four options, but it's it's actually two cars, but it's variants of each of the cars. So it's four mm. cars total, if that makes any sense. I'll dive in with one here, and that is, look, you like this Cayman, you're amazed you own a Porsche, you have, let's say, less than 40. I I operated in the 35 to 40 range. I tried to respect the fact you wanted to stay down there, so I operated in the 35 to 40 range, but I wanted to get you something different than your Cayman, and then I realized, wait a minute, wait, 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 you have options of the 996 generation 911 turbo, that is all-wheel drive, turbo power, look the exterior styling is not the best the interior styling is old it just is it's Mm -hmm. the interior styling before the Cayman that you have but this is one of the last 911s left that is not inexplicably overpriced and those 996 turbos don't kid yourself that is a powerful impressive performance car and for your money 35 to 40 you can go get one you want you're worried about downgrading from the Cayman not a downgrade uh, a, a powerhouse of technology and power, and yeah, I think that's a real contender.
0: I'm second-guessing myself over here because he's getting out of Porsche, and none of the cars on my list are a Porsche,
1: and yet you've just suggested for you. one.
0: Well, Am but, I growing? But
1: because or
0: is it a bad yeah, thing?
1: Maybe. Maybe. No, I, I, I actually think that's good, but I did it just because it's clear that he's liked this Porsche owner experience so much, True. but he wants something different, and I thought that is both of the above. You're still on a Porsche, you could have that interesting, but it's a very different driving experience.
0: When you said number two here, your requirements number two, Scott, here, it must be fun. So number one must be a manual, number two must be fun. Mm-hmm. I immediately ran to a used Mitsubishi Evo GSR. Because when Todd and I think huh. fun, yeah. we think yeah. Evo. Yeah, yeah. I it's mean up that there. just it's up there. That's mm-hmm. gotta be on a, on any fun car list, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But then he went on to say this does not necessarily mean fast or trackable. And I get that. And so that was just a starting point. Consider that a jumping off point. I had to work my Mm -hmm. way up from there. Even though (laughs) all these cars on the list are fast and you can track anything. I mean, you could track your neighbor's motorhome if you wanted to. But, you know, I'm
1: just saying. You could with hilarious results. It would be.
0: That'd be YouTube gold right there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So that Evo led me to a Ford Focus RS.
1: Mm-hmm. We like mm-hmm.
0: the ST. We like all these Foci and Fiesta. Fiesta-sises?
1: <laughs> Foci and Fiesta. fiesta Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Multi-Fiesta.
0: I don't know. So the Focus RS. But you RS. know what happens.
1: Oh, sorry, I've got to be geeky for a minute. You know what happens <laughs> on all the forums, right? Uh-oh. All the forum guys write it fist and fust. Capital F, oh, that's right. small o, big S T, capital F, small i, big S T. So it's the fist and the fast. If you really want to get Ford Hatch geeky, my question is: What's the is the what's the new Focus RS? Is that the forced? The four the force the fours. fours the fours. It'd be the fours. That doesn't work nearly as well. But the fist and the fast. Okay, onward. Yes. And the
0: fours and the furious and the fast. Yeah, I'm frightening. Yeah, stop. Sorry, right. I started it.
1: You started it. All right, I did, I did. Now, 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 please close it and move on. Yes.
0: <laughs> so the the Focus RS, I thought, uh, yeah, reliability is going to be there. It's going to be fun. That car is getting accolades. We are looking forward to jumping in that and sharing the review with you soon. Um, I, yep, yep. I thought, all right, maybe I, I, this this does not mean faster trackable still rings in my head, even though. You know, it's got to be some kind of good performance to be fun. Which led me to a BMW M2-235i. As you can see, mm. the mu- amount of money that I'm spending started small. It started in your, you know, price range in quotes. <laughs> and I'm slowly and it's growing. creeping
1: here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course it is.
0: So m 2 235 i we love that car. Can.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Definitely fun. come
0: in a manual. And... I think that's a good balance between, wow, you can really stand on it and make it dance, or you can cruise. As you said on a podcast mm-hmm. or two ago, Todd, just cruising. In traffic, it was just a great road car. Yeah. And it was comfortable, oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely.
1: And
0: Yep. it just fit that bill.
1: And No question. Him. No question.
0: But the car I want to talk most about, and you're all hey. waiting with bated breath.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, we've gotten there. Let's do it. Have you looked
0: at the Jaguar F-Type manual? Hmm. Now, brand new, the website tells us that the base MSRP is $61,400. So that's really blowing it out new. However, I'm wondering about a slightly used one. Because this car comes with a supercharged V6, 340 horsepower, which is more power than the Cayman. Now, it's going to be a heavier Mm -hmm. car. But I still yeah. feel like that's still going to be dynamically good, and it's not a track car. Now, again, I'm true. spending the money, true, true. but I think this is you worth are. your consideration. You because remember that uh, that short track drive that you and I had in the F-type with yeah, the manual that transmission? that
1: car's got. Great balance, and it's really very fun. And don't underestimate the V6, because it's got a good amount of power for that body. That I, I actually think that the six-cylinder is the better choice than the V8 in that car. But go on.
0: You're thinking just because of the uh, the weight balance for the smaller Weight engine?
1: balance and, and, and power to weight ratio. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the big V8 boy is about smoking tires. And that feels to me a little bit counterintuitive to what the car is. And the balance on that V6 surprised me. It was really, really good. Now,
0: reliability, I can't speak too much to the F-Type. I don't know that it's been around long enough to really speak to it. But if anybody has heard, positive or negative, either way, let us know. I mean, I'm, I'm curious about that, to be honest, because the F-Type has got to be on your short list. If you're an enthusiast.
1: Mm-hmm. It's worth driving, for sure. There's no question. It's gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah.
0: It's the car that you turn around, and you give it a good look after you park it. Mm-hmm. And you're walking away, mm-hmm. and you just look at that, and you go, I own that thing. Holy moly! Yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous, and this is the base of the F-type coupes. But don't think of it as a base experience. I mean, we came away impressed with this thing.
1: No, it's 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 very cool. I agree. That's a great one. I hadn't thought of that at all. That's a really good one. It's a really good one. I, I
0: I mean, you see what I mean. I'm erring on the side of yeah. I'm spending more money, fifty grand, and I'm hoping that you could find something that, you know, slightly used for in the fifty grand range. But on the other hand, Mm -hmm. I think it's worth a serious look and a serious drive, and I think that'd be a fun, a fun time for both of you. You've got to add it to the spreadsheet at least and That's rate good. it like you guys have been doing for everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's two others I want to talk about, um, and, and, and I want to speak real quickly about Houston, uh, at least in my memories of Houston. This is not a place for fun, windy road driving. It's, it's welcome to a long, straight, well-concreted thing with enormous streetlights. I've joked about this before. Yes, in yeah. Houston, you could turn off your headlights in a rainstorm, and there are so many streetlights, you don't realize your lights are off. That's it's so just funny. big... Wide boulevard highways and the and the surface streets are straight and this is not a let's go canyon carving outside Houston. Not really. You can go to Austin and find that stuff, but really Houston is not about that. I can think of a couple (laughs) of surface streets that I used to go to that were like, Oh look, it turns left here. Oh look it turns right here. And now we're done. I mean seriously. It's pretty much just straight-line stuff. There's not a lot of fun driving going on. What's interesting about you, though, Scott, is you've owned some fun-driving agile cars. The S2000 springs to mind, and the Cayman is the other one. So my initial instinct is what you're going to enjoy in Houston is some power that you can step on it, go on an on-ramp, and those are, you know, Texas does those big swooping on ramps. Those can be fun. Go on an on ramp or just hit the power on a freeway blast and you're going to enjoy that. I I typically lean more powerful cars for big Texas stretches of pavement. But you've defied that with the Cayman and the S2000, both of which you liked. So it leaves me in kind of a conundrum. So I want to. I already brought up the Turbo 996. I think Mm -hmm, it fits mm -hmm. in the power category and a new experience. In the stay with power category, I'm going to say to you with your budget, you could get. A C7 Corvette, either a Z06 or a Grand Sport. Hmm. Drive them both. They are a different flavor. The Z06 is that big 7-liter and pretty aggressive in in its setup, in the suspension settings. It's pretty aggressive. The Grand Sport is more of a greatest hits of the C6 generation. It is a great car, very powerful, fun to drive, but a little bit nicer. I think you should drive both of those. You could possibly get yourself a used C7 which I would recommend over both those versions of the C six, but I think you could drive any of those variations. And then my wild card for you, because of the Cayman, drive the Lotus Evora.
0: Oh, I didn't even think of that car.
1: Not not I huh. wouldn't normally I didn't go there at first. Not normally a car would recommend for Houston, you're just cruising along, you want some power. It, you really want corners. That car begs for corners. It does. But because you like your it Cayman does. and you want something different, go drive an Evora. Because you might find the perfect magic there. That's my wild card, and I can step away from from Scott's.
0: That's I'm wild because even even the uh, non supercharged, the naturally aspirated, Evora. Those are oh, yeah. are those fifty or are they under? Possibly. Uh,
1: they're under fifty. They're under. Are 50. they really? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and you're gonna have to hmm. shop smart. You're probably shop nationwide. There's not a ton of them. Uh, you know, if you can find the the S, you're better off. But even the base one, it's you know, it's almost 300 horsepower in a car that weighs. I mean, it's it's very similar actually in power to weight ratio to your current Cayman. We're talking about a car that weighs 3,000 pounds and has just under 300 horsepower. That's your Cayman. Mm-hmm. It's very similar in that regard. The S bumps it up. I'm going to get it wrong, which is terrible for a Lotus guy. But it bumps it up to like 360 or 370 or something like that. So it's it's a decent bump, but it's not blowing it out of the water. Um, I'm probably wrong on that figure now that I've said it. But anyway, the point is a high, even the base whatever. even the base Evora is not you're gonna be a oh, wow, this is underpowered. No, it's gonna feel like you're Cayman in power. It's just gonna feel very different in every other way.
0: I love that you suggested the Corvette because our second car debate, Daniel in LA, he actually he's selling his 2015 Corvette C7. He's got to get rid of it. So, so I would I, I love that synergy to, to happen Daniel. somehow. Like perfect. Scott and Heather, perfect. they fly to LA. They buy Daniel's and car. done. And and Daniel, you want to buy a Cayman? I mean, how about you just trade pink slips? If if that could happen on a show sometime, <laughs> I would be so delighted. That would just be the funniest thing to talk about ever. But it'll probably not happen anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, but it's fun to dream. Yeah. So let's <laughs> let's move on to Daniel, who's who moved from New York to L.A. New York didn't have a uh, didn't have a car. Bought himself a 2015 Corvette Stingray. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. That's what we're saying, Scott. You could buy Daniel's car. You could. Anyway, you he could. bought the car. He loves it. It's the first car he's ever owned that he completely loves. And now he's a father. And he went. I have a Corvette. Stingray. And his <laughs> wife went, uh, honey, you need four doors. Have you seen all of our child stuff? This is the dilemma for Daniel. So unfortunately, that 2015 Stingray he loves is going to go. Hopefully, it's going to go to our friend Scott. And now we have to solve the problem for Daniel.
0: <laughs> well, Daniel's wife has the Sharp Egg, the Lexus RX 350. Uh, I don't know what a mm-hmm. Sharp Egg looks like. It looks like that, the Lexus. All right. So yeah. they've got uh, 150-pound Great Dane. Holy Molly that's a huge two, dog. Two
1: weeks in a row with the big dogs, with the really big dogs. The dogs that, that, that are doubling as horses or possibly people. I mean, that, this, is, this is a problem. The big, big dog thing really throws a wrench in the scenario here. Uh, the, honestly, the big dog has as much – I mean, I ranted about it last week. The big dog has as much stuff going on with it as the kid does. I mean, yeah. you just You've got to think about your cars differently when you introduce a toddler or an enormous canine. <laughs> Huh.
0: 150 pound Great Dane, that's that uh-huh. just blows me away. Do you have to get a dog mm-hmm. before you have a baby, or simultaneously? Does that mean as soon as you get a dog, you're pregnant? Or do they well? Are they but hand I, I hand hate,
1: but I hate to, I hate to say this. I hate to say this, and I've been there. The dog is the starter kid. That's really what happens. You have you have most of the time – I'm painting with a broad brush here. But most of the time you have the woman in the relationship is ready. She wants to be a mom. She's ready. And the guy is like, I don't know that I'm quite ready yet. And they get a dog. That's what happens. They get a dog, and they both fall desperately in love with the dog. And some point, maybe directly, maybe indirectly, the conversation happens about – We've got a dog. We like the dog. We love the dog. We can handle the dog. If we can handle the dog, we can handle the kid. Right. It's the starter kid. The dog That's didn't what happened. die. It's the starter kid. We've proved we can mm-hmm. take
0: care of another life, so we because, can take care of a kid. Done.
1: Because the cat because the cat is irrelevant, okay? The cat will live in spite of you. Okay? The 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 dog needs you. The cat is just really wants something with thumbs every now and then and otherwise really doesn't need you at all okay so that's the difference and and i grew up with cats i can speak to cats all day long but uh, but yeah that's that's the difference so the, yeah the dog is the starter starter kid it really is
0: wouldn't it be great if some big corporation came up with both baby food and dog food that are that are good for both so you can just buy a big sack of baby chow and dog chow <laughs> All in one, save money on your food uh, bill, and oh feed no. the whole family at the same time.
1: I mean But the dog's gonna eat whatever the kid's eating anyway. No, it's that's true. the that's the if, that it doesn't matter. Whatever you're feeding sauce. your child, guess what? Your dog is now eating that.
0: <laughs> it's true. Following the kid around like a vacuum cleaner, which is why you have a and, dog.
1: And successfully, yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so 150 pound Great Dane is in here. We're talking about four doors. He could spend, again, he could spend as much as 50, but he'd really like to spend, very similar to where we just were, really like to spend somewhere more in the neighborhood of 30, 35. And he's looked at kind of our usual suspects for big family four door. He said Chevy SS, which he really liked, but can't (laughs) figure out why it looks like a chromed out Malibu. And you know what? (laughs) Neither can we, Daniel. This is the problem. (laughs) We can't figure it out either. In fact, just this weekend, you saw it too, Paul. We were at a the local cars and coffee and there was a guy there with a 2015 ss oh yeah officially but it was spotless and he was wearing a bunch of emblem clothing but the trick was he was wearing all holden emblem clothing clothing because he'd done it he'd taken every badge off the ss and he'd rebadged it like its holden counterpart and okay i i am of such mixed emotions about that reality but yeah, he was very proud of himself. But I will say, great car. But you're right; the problem is, it should look more mean. Um, you mentioned both the Dodge Charger and the Alpha Julia. You mentioned them together because they're both FCA products, and so you really question their reliability. I, I don't know about that. I, I, I think they're both intriguing. I actually think the Julia is very intriguing for you coming out of a Corvette. Based on what we know of the Julia so far, I think that's a really intriguing reality. I think the Dodge Charger works, but it's just going to feel big. That Chevy SS is your four-door Corvette, in mm-hmm. spite of how it looks. The Julia would be really interesting. The Charger is too big.
0: Yeah, it would be great if they offered a blackout package on that SS. That would just take care of mm-hmm. just about everything with that car.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. What
0: else is on this list? Cadillac ATS, but uh, I don't agree with you on the styling, Daniel. I like the styling of the ATS. I think that's I think really, it's good really good yeah. looking, really sharp. But what? the Q system, that's that's the sticking point right there. The, the interface on that is trying to mm-hmm. have haptic interface where it gives you just the little vibration touch feedback. So it feels like a button even though it's not. That's still not far enough along, technology-wise, in my opinion, to really use it in mainstream like Cadillac's trying to do, so... I think it is well, a downfall. It's,
1: but it's the, best, it's the best of no worlds. Because the great thing about an actual <laughs> button is it's in the exact same place every time, and you punch it, and it has a nice you know, compression and a funk to it of some kind. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you know, Audi has their own engineers that just worry about what is the feedback of the button. And you can tell. But you, know, you have a button. It's always in the same place. You can do it subconsciously. It has a, a feeling and a subconscious sound to it. Then you have touchscreens that have none of the above. That you can't really do it by by memory because the button you got to actually look because it's a touchscreen and it doesn't have feedback. This haptic thing in Q is trying to be both and succeeding at neither. Mm-hmm. I mean that's the sad thing of it. You, you you don't have the the memory thing of oh it's always right there, and then it gives this little jiggle t- to your feedback where it's like wait a minute what did I hit the right spot because it, it thumped at me and I I don't know it's yeah not good.
0: Yeah, uh, what else is on here? Jaguar XE XES. Uh, mm-hmm. Very intriguing, very intriguing.
1: Um, yeah, it and the Julia co- together. In fact, I want to put those cars together. I really do.
0: That would be a great drive, actually. Um, yeah. I'm intrigued by the Jaguar. I'm intrigued by the styling. I like the size. I like that it's downsized a bit. I think that could work very well in LA. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I like that As from all these, kind of based on your Perclodes here, I like that the best. Uh, out of everything, but I do have one, two, three, four, five, six. and I also want to oh say gosh. Tesla because as we were talking, you you mm-hmm. gave us 50 to work with. and the reason I say yeah. that is because you are in LA and the infrastructure of any city, the Bay Area, notwithstanding, no yeah. LA is up there in terms of infrastructure to be able to plug things in and you know just very very electric car and very Tesla friendly huge. Well it's funny because he
1: says yeah, he says he doesn't want something typical yuppie and he brings out the BMW three series as the as a thing for that. <laughs> Except for in LA it's the, the Tesla's Tesla. almost becoming that. Yeah. Anytime we're back in LA, I am astounded by the number of volts and Teslas that I see. I mean, we, we yeah. like the Volt. We like the Tesla Model S. We see both of them around now and then. You go to Los Angeles, and you would swear they're giving them out at the airport. There are so many. Both <laughs> yeah. Volts and Tesla Model S's. Car, yeah. I, look, the Prius is everywhere. The Prius, Prius is ubiquitous. You go to any city in the U.S., you'll see somebody driving a Prius. Sure. sure. But you can't always see somebody in a Model yeah. S or a, or a Chevy uh, Volt. You go to LA, and it is. It's is—it's—it's like their party favors. It's unbelievable how many there are.
0: <laughs> You're going to think you were sick the day they were handing those out, or you missed the sign-up sheets yes. somewhere on some bulletin board. And, hey, we're giving them Clearly. out. Shh, don't tell anybody. Clearly, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so that led me to an Audi A7 because of a giant hatch for a giant dog and still enough sure, space. Sure, So how about a used yeah. Audi A7? We like that car. And then of course, you know where I'm going. This time I will recommend a Panamera for you. Uh, with fifty (laughs) thousand, you can't go into a GTS or something higher, so how about a Panamera for you?
1: No, no, no. It's gonna be it's yeah, it's gonna be the the base ones. Yep. Yep.
0: You mentioned also this Jag XE, and I thought, what about a Jag XF? Slightly larger I'm thinking about this dog. Yeah. I'm just boggled by this dog. Hundred and fifty pound dog. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The
1: the dog is the is the is the yeah. Because essentially we're actually shopping for an additional human. I mean that's really what we're that's dealing true. with. That's true. A big we're dealing human. With, an adult human. We're dealing with we're dealing <laughs> with four humans. We're dealing with full two two normal sized man and wife adult humans who can take care of themselves. Followed by a slightly developmentally challenged human in the form of dog followed yeah. by the developmentally challenged human in the form of a, of an infant this is this is our four four person family right here that we're shopping for that is it is a stretch i agree
0: i'll keep rocking here with a couple and then i want to hear your choices well i've got 3 cuz one is my very very okay. wild wild card here uh mercedes c class it could also be considered the yuppie mobile of la but we do like that design we like everything mm-hmm. about that car it is the interiors there i just wouldn't want to see it trashed by a unruly dog who's hot and wants to get out of the car uh i thought uh, about another porsche a porsche macan still fun to drive
1: true true i don't know that they've dropped enough yet but i but they I, might yeah, not i f- see that otherwise i see that otherwise
0: you can throw all of those out if you like <laughs> Because I would like to, you to take a look at Infinity, And I know your wife already okay. has the Lexus. But the 2016 model year has brought us the Q50 Red Sport. That is 400 horsepower out of a downsized engine, a turboed engine, V6. And they're loaded. They're right at 50 grand now. It's a different, uh, different mindset. I will say. What I do like about it is it's being, it's Japanese. So automatically, with that, we're we're gonna say higher mm-hmm. on the reliability score. It's got 400 horsepower. That's got yeah. to be fun. We haven't driven it yet, but <laughs> 400, 400. Yeah, you're right. That's you're right. That's got to be up there. And they've changed a lot about this drive-by-wire steering technology that they're doing with these cars. They have in response to a lot of negative feedback, changed them dramatically on the mm-hmm, newer mm-hmm. Q50s. And this Red Sport is brand new. They also have a, a model right under that with 300 horsepower. That's still probably very adequate. But you're suggesting yep. all these cars, the American cars, the Chevy, the Dodge, the Cadillac. I like the Jag, as I said, and the others. The A7, I think, is probably a good contender. But what about this Infinity? I don't think you're going to see yourself coming and going in that car. Teslas, Volts, BMWs, Mercedes. Yes, you will. But what about mm-hmm. the Infinity over here? And I'm just—I'm very curious, and I suppose I'm maybe more curious than anything else. But mm. topping out at 50 grand, and wow, this—this this is this is something to take a look at. I think
1: kind of interesting okay. here. Interesting, interesting. All right. All right. Well, I I thought of a couple, and there, and I'm a little bit all over the map on this for Daniel, honestly, because I have to come back and say <clears throat> Chevy SS. Look, I know it doesn't look right. I, I get it. I get it. It doesn't look like it should, but you have a Corvette. You're coming out of a Corvette, and you want a four door Corvette. I'm sorry. the The line does lead towards Chevy SS. I, I know we <laughs> beat on it, but but there is there is a lineage there. You can see it. You can get there. I, I, Everybody can walk us there. So I think you've got to give that car a serious look in spite of the fact that it's not attractive enough. Maybe you could be the person that blacks it out and makes it your own and makes it cool. So that's a real contender. Hmm. I did actually think of a used M5, though. Okay. you can get them. It's not the 3 Series. In spite of that, I never felt like I saw that many M5s in L.A., you see a lot of 7 no, Series, you see a rare. lot of 3 variations, but you don't see a ton of M5s coming and going in L.A. Now, sometimes those can be money pits. Our friend Scott from earlier talked about how his that he had was. So shop carefully, do a lot of research. Keeping the dash but lights you, off.
0: That's just too funny.
1: Yeah, you, but you can get yourself, I mean, that, that uh, you know, like 2010 range, M five with that big V ten in it. I mean you those are around this price all day long. So hmm. you know, now that hmm. engine I've heard very mixed things on. I will be very honest. This is not a car that is you're not buying a Honda Accord here. You're buying a big bruising M five. But I think it's worth looking at and researching a bit if that intrigues you. Of course, the Focus RS you could get for this money. Of course, the Evo X you could get for this money. I thought of both of those just because we're talking about agility in relation to that Corvette. You've got to go four doors. The problem is... Do I see a Focus, Focus RS or the Evo X being big enough for you? The Evo X would be big enough for your family of four, I am including the dog. It has no trunk <laughs> space. Your trunk yeah. space is just not even an option. Could you pick up your child? Yes, with, with you could, with leg room. No problem. Could you put the dog in the back? Yes, you could, but please cover the seats. Um, but do, if you have to haul stuff, that trunk's just not going to do it. So depending on how you use it, that might be the Evo. The Focus RS, it's a hatch. It might work. So I think those have got to be mentioned, and then my wild card is what about an Audi RS4? It's not mm. as agile as that as that vet. It's not interesting engine, good gearbox. We like the dynamics. It's not common. Very That's my wild so. card for you, Daniel. Oh. Is the Audi RS4? I do like your your A7 S7 you you talked about, Paul. I like that, but the RS4 is an interesting car that's usable. It's got a halfway decent trunk. You know, it's it's old enough now. You don't have to be precious about it. I I think that's a wild card contender. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think A4, it's that A4 platform that it's built on. Yeah. So a little bit smaller. I mean, nothing's going to be as big as a Dodge Charger or the Chevy SS.
1: No, 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 no. It won't be. You know, Definitely not.
0: And any car you get, yeah, coat the inside with the spray-on bedliner. Do something to protect it from, you know, Cheerios and dog Cheerios but
1: there, but the there are there are plenty. It. Speaking as the dog owner and the and the and the kid owner too, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. There are plenty of really good, uh, really good mats you can put in that are temporary that you can you know mats and blankets and stuff. We put one in our Cayenne for our dog mainly just for claws on leather. We just put her put a blanket down first and then put her in. Works out okay. We have a friend, a longtime friend of the show, Adam, that had a GTR for a while and an enormous golden retriever, and he just hung <laughs> hammock <right>. style. He <laughs> hung a big. He hung a big blanket in his back seat, and his golden retriever thought it was the greatest thing ever. It was like the dog was in a hammock in the back seat at all times while he hooned through Los Angeles. So it can be done. I get it. You just have to think it through a bit.
0: That's funny. We've gotten a lot of suggestions out of this one. I like this. Well, clearly, Daniel, you've got some driving to do. So whenever you get a chance to slip out of uh, away from baby duty, away from father duty for a couple hours, go drive some of these things and let us know what you end up on. And uh, a lot of you are. A lot of people are writing in. That's why I say, you know, I, I worked Waffle House into the podcast. I mean, I should get a I'm, gold star I'm just for s- that. Still,
1: I, I don't know if I'm proud of you or a little bit sickened, but either way, it happened. There it is.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We should jump to the Facebook questions of which we've gotten inundated. This is amazing and is scary good. Really all at the good. same time. Yeah, really good ones. For I sure. mean, pushing 35 plus questions mm-hmm. here, which is great. Yeah. Uh, Todd has long johns in red, red ski jacket.
1: Stop it. Red underwear. I, I do have a red ski jacket. And as I've said before, strategically, almost subconsciously, but strategically, I have an upper layer in uh, uh, everything you can imagine in red <laughs> in order to shoot for the show in any weather. I do have that. But short of shooting for the show, I don't wear red that much. I really don't. But anyway, yeah, we've talked about it before. Somebody said, I need to start wearing gold. That's not going to happen. Tom's wearing green. (laughs) Paul has the blue, which I far prefer the blue. But Paul has the blue. And uh, you know, there's the jokes about we should get uh, somebody to do car uh, everyday driver reviews in every major market. And it'll be Skittles. We'll just have here's the person that wears purple. Here's the person that wears yellow. Anyway. yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know why Tom wears green? It's because he's such a basketball fan. And Celtics, so Celtics green is why he chose that, so I think it's uh
1: Well, and also, he drives the green hell a lot, so I think that was appropriate. And the green
0: hell, well. that's true, very true. Yes. All right, well, I will kick us off with a quick question here from Bryce Shadle, asking if I'm going to get winter tires for the Cayman GTS to hoon mm-hmm. that around. Well, mm-hmm. if you get winter mm-hmm. tires, the idea is to prevent the hoonage, right? Because you want to stick,
1: <laughs> If you don't have winter tires, you're going to slide. You can still still hoon. Plenty of hooning will still occur. (laughs) It's just the great thing about the winter tires is you can hoon by choice, not hoon by Oh, dear God, what's going to happen? That's the difference. This That's, is the big difference with winter tires and non. That is so a The hooning difference. is by choice. I yeah. actually
0: haven't arrived at any decision yet, Bryce. I am still working on the clear bra to get that on the car, just because of the rock chips around here in Utah.
1: Yes, you should.
0: As you definitely we've should. identified, the springtime is just brutal on cars, because the snow melts, and it just everything turns into that gravel, the pea gravel. And the sticky tires are just kicking everything up on the car, mm-hmm. which is bumming me out. But we'll get uh, we'll get things... Taken care of, get a clear bra on the front of it, and then uh, yeah. Once that comes, we've still got summer left. We're we're halfway through summer here in Utah, and uh, we've still got a lot of fun driving time. And even in the winter, even though they put that magnesium salt stuff on the roads here, I really don't know what that compound is, but uh, you can still drive when the roads are dry and clear here. It's They're still good a lot of the time. Yeah. I think I think the tires that are on the Cayman now will still be appropriate for. Clear, dry weather, even though it's colder, it doesn't mean I can push quite as hard. But
1: I think well, there's I mean, still I think if, if you that. picked it, in the, if picked it on the right day when it was warm enough, but I certainly would advise you on most situations. But again, I ran full Blizzacks on the FRS and didn't have any problems, and I ran it in some days through much worse snow conditions even than the video we made about mm-hmm. it. I had some pretty serious snow that I ran that thing through, and it was funny. I went through the whole winter. You and I've joked about this. Went through the whole winter and kept thinking. Okay, I didn't get a clear bra on this, and it's not really getting that beat up. I guess the winter wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I didn't anticipate springtime. It was when everything melted, and people started kicking stuff up. And now the nose of the FRS, unfortunately, is getting beat up. In the last probably, it was probably May and early June is when I got the most damage to that car. Forget wintertime when yeah. they were doing all the stuff for the roads. It was it was uh, you know May and June when all the fun roads were starting to get open, but hadn't been run much. Stuff's getting kicked up, and now I'm seeing damage I didn't see, which is really a bummer. So yeah, the, yeah. the lesson here is clear. Clear bra for my friend Paul and his GTS.
0: Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, uh, but in the meantime, it's uh, the short drives that I've had it on just because I've been traveling so much. But uh, yeah, love that car. Just thrilled. With it.
1: I wanted to to answer to to Kelvin. Kelvin asked an interesting question. He said, uh, is is wanting a V8 rear-wheel drive sedan a bad thing for a married man? The short answer here, Kelvin, is no. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. If you had come to me and you had said, is owning a BAC Mono a bad choice for a married man, I would have probably said yes. An Ariel Adam, yes. An S2000 as my only car. We don't have another family car. That could be a bit of a problem. A V8 rear-wheel drive sedan, Hmm. Yes, let's go do that why why, why not let's yes, yes is the answer.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh well uh, i uh, I like that question a lot just because uh, I, I think it's appropriate whether you're married or unmarried. I mean, bring it, huge sedan, bring it and uh, speaking of huge sedans, Adam Reiner asks about a fun family car question and kind of along the lines of why we ignore a premium midsize like the e class like the BMW five series. And it seems like we always stop at M3 or S5. I would say, Adam, that in general, at that price point, you kind of want to buy... Or at that size, I I lean towards new. And just because of those cars are complex cars. And so buying Mm -hmm. a 5 Series or an an E-Class that's, you know, say five or more years used, I mean, you're going to have to start putting some maintenance money into them, especially because they are what they are. And so I don't think that... I mean, you can. You can find great deals. I mean, you can find them with forty to 70,000 miles, and they're still great. Yeah. Um, I just think, all right, well, from a maintenance standpoint alone, those are complex cars. And so that way, you know, when I think new, that puts it out of most people's budget range because those are sure. 60,000, 70,000 fully loaded, full boat. At least. At least. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so I think, well, well it's hard to it's hard to recommend it for those reasons. Not that they're bad cars, by any means. That's not it at all.
1: But you know what? I, I also, I'm going to speak to a couple other things. I mean, again, I brought up an M5 just tonight. Now, it's funny that you brought up that question because I didn't think about it. But I brought up the M5 just tonight. I mean, I'll be really honest. My issue is normally I think smaller cars than that. Mm-hmm. I just... Mm-hmm the people that are writing to us it's it's just it's weird some of the cars that i will acknowledge we don't talk about and it's not because they're not good cars it's just the 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 venn diagram yeah that's a terrible thought but the venn diagram of, of of ideas of price and needs and our personal proclivities and the things we've driven a lot of times it just ends up not landing on specific cars i'll give you a great example the focus st doesn't get talked about as much as the fiesta st Focus ST is a great car. It just gets overshadowed by the GTI if you want nicer or the Fiesta ST if you want more fun. Where's the Focus? Well, it's a bit of both, but not as great as either one. These, This size car, if you're going to go big, I think, like Paul, I think the big boys. Mm-hmm. I think the 7s and, right. the, and the A8. Right. I think the big boys, if you're going to go big. If you're going to go, well, I need sedan, I need fun, I think below those. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, we don't even talk yeah. about the, the Cadillac CTS that much. We talk about the ATS much more than the CTS for the same reason. And it's also, it is that price thing. Once they get below 50 grand, which is most people's budget when we talk on the show, I mean, most of the time, you are getting into what's the maintenance going to be like. It might be fine. I mean, again, I have recommended that M5, but you kind of got to know what you're in for. And if we're going to go full size and going to go reliable and affordable, Guess what? I wind up on Chevy SS again. Dang it. But yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I think as you said, the Alpha and the Jaguar XE, those cars are right on the cusp in terms of size.
1: So they're, they're yeah.
0: small-ish, but they're not small cars. So no. I, I think that'll be an interesting discussion. Well, the discussion.
1: 3 Series isn't anymore. That three that's 3 Series true. level, this is that's what true. those 5s and the E classes used to be. And frankly, unless you need a big sedan, I think we're already at the highest, biggest cars you need, as far as agility and cars that feel fun to drive. That's that's the outer limit for me, as far as size is concerned.
0: Gosh, um, yeah, I I think it's comes down mainly to size, but as I said before, you know, maintenance is an issue yeah. there too. You know, when you're buying at that price point. Yeah. So
1: Totally anyway. agree. Uh, Carlo wrote to us and he said, "How far would we take our idea of driving rear-wheel drive in the winter?" We kind of brought, touched on it a bit. Uh, of course, he's asked He's talking about specifically summer tire. I mean, sp- sorry, specifically changing your summer tires for full Blizzaks, good winter tires, whatever your your brand of choice is. Um, he says, you know, would we daily drive heavy heavy horsepower stuff? I would say if you get an LSD and you're smart, drive whatever. M- my my comment on driving a car in the snow is this: What does your life look like? If you have a serious angle to your driveway and it gets icy in the winter okay okay you need to start really thinking about what's my car but if that's not your situation if you don't have anything that you have to navigate that you know is going to be terribly treacherous in an all-wheel drive with winter tires if it's going to be normal driving conditions buy what you like and put the right tires on it yeah if you want to drive a 370z in the winter or a mustang gt whatever i would recommend an lsd but Drive what you like. Don't buy because, well, I can't buy the car I really want because I might get snow. So get snow and go get winter tires.
0: Yeah, it's with very few exceptions, you know, and it just depends on is your house on a hill or, you know, do you have a steep driveway or whatever that is. But for the most part, by and large, yeah, as Todd said, go get the car that you like, that you want. And then, uh, I mean, people do it, yeah, worldwide. Big. It snows in Germany. Let's put it that way.
1: (laughs) Rear-wheel drive sedans (laughs) in the snow. It does. Well, and I I will come back to the fact that I think the entire country of Canada is mad about our rear-wheel drive in the (laughs) snow piece because we didn't show a bad enough storm as you if, know as they if are. we were trying, as if we were trying to be weathermen instead of people talking about cars. Most of the discussion from—I I literally think it is—most of the YouTube users of Canada have commented on there about the fact that that's not a storm. So yeah, anyway.
0: and they're probably right, but we just picked oh,
1: a storm and we went with it. No, that's that's not. that I wasn't trying to suggest this is as bad as it gets by any means, but yeah, that's. But my point is. Read that comment thread if you really want to go down a dark hole of the internet. Read that comment thread about the people that drive all kinds of rear wheel drive stuff through far worse conditions than we showed all winter long.
0: Yep, yep. Well, I I had to laugh because two of these Facebook questions are very similar from Nico Meager and also John Anthony. Oh, yeah. Nico asks, well, he said, you both get invited to Top Gear UK to be guests. So who's faster around the test track? And John put it a different way. He just said, you know, typically, who's faster around the track, Todd or Paul? hmm Now, mm-hmm. I remember you mentioned that you, when we went to uh, the ring last year and we did our pilgrimage film, you had a flying lap, I think, that was pretty good that dropped like 20 seconds off. But I, will yeah. just, I would say generally, when we do racing games on various tracks, different kinds of things, I kind of feel like we're pretty neck and neck. We We push each other with the ghost car laps and... You know, ooh, mm-hmm. you know, when when he's watching me, he knows where I'm slow through various corners and go, oh, I can find time there. But I'd do the same to him. Yeah. I think you yeah, know what yeah, yeah. right there is where you're losing time and I can smoke you through that corner. We're it's such different driving styles and I kinda feel like it depends on the day, depends on the track, but we've had similar driving times in uh, the driving I, schools that we've done yeah.
1: as well. I mean, here's there, there are exceptions. There are random exceptions that have reasons behind them. I'll give you two. I'll give you one on, on both sides of the equation. But but in general, like when we go to Motor Press Guild, our, those track days, we get those three flying laps in a car mm-hmm. and we're done. Obviously, I see all the GoPro. I, I get all the time cut off the GoPro. And, and I'm not saying this to be nice to Paul at all. But honestly, pick the car because we'll be within a second, second and a half of each other who won. It just depended on the car and how it spoke to us. Mm-hmm. You know, certain cars one of us gets in and just just melds with the car and will be faster. But it's like it is. It's like a second, second and a half on your typical track like a Willow Springs or something. Sure. So we're it, it's 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 like leapfrog. Who's got the better time depends on the car and and you know, if they're up, they're not up by much. And if we had 10, 20 laps, I bet that that would close even further. And yet the laps are different. We Mm -hmm. do slightly different variations. We have different preferences when we get into braking. When we went to the ring, I was one of the, we had so much trouble. If you've seen our pilgrimage film, we had so much trouble with Touristenfahrten, which is the public days, so much traffic. We were typically doing a lap and then the track was closed and we came in. Right. I had the blessing of actually getting two back-to-back laps in the M3. And uh, my back-to-back lap, I chopped almost 30 seconds a lap off of my two Nürburgring M3 laps back-to-back. Other than that, all of our laps, we did, I think, six each over the course of multiple cars. All of our laps were within about a four- or five-second window of each other, depending on the car and when we ran and what the traffic was like. And I will say, brief plug, our pilgrimage trip is going to be so cool (laughs) because you don't have to fight the traffic. That'll be so great. You're just going to keep doing consecutive laps and carving away at that time without that mad traffic. That's what we're so excited It's going to be a better trip than we had for that reason.
0: Yeah. But so then Nico we've got to, and John, you've got, got to go. I mean, you're asking. Exactly. I,
1: but I haven't told you this This piece, part, Paul. I haven't told you this at all. We have this Mustang track film coming out soon. Okay, And at the end of the piece, we had just free running.
0: Right, and right.
1: I know you had some issues with this. I don't know what the story was, but one of the Mustangs that we had there did not like to accelerate. When you put your foot in it, it would just kind of, well, I don't know that I want to give you everything. Well, maybe I'm going to back off a bit. And then it would go. I know we both Something had some
0: issues Something was kicking with that. in there. Some electronics kicking in. It was weird. It was very in.
1: weird. Um, so, I mean, that's a factor in here, but when we were doing our, our end running laps, your your best lap was eight seconds faster than mine. No kidding. I was shocked. Now, obviously, we weren't driving for time, and I can see in the in the GoPro lapse of mine versus yours, you didn't seem to fight that front straight. I fought the front straight every single time. I'd put my foot in it, and you'd hear the engine kind of go and then back off and then go a bit more. You didn't seem to have that problem. Maybe you didn't like me. Maybe I did something wrong. But I did notice that, that that was a, one of the rare times that we hadn't been close, and you were eight seconds faster on your fastest lap than I was, which it's not a huge track. That was, frankly, embarrassing, if I'm oh honest. Gosh. But anyway. No, but that's I had no very, idea. Rare, very, very rare. Yeah, I know you didn't.
0: Interesting. Well, yeah, that's why I say generally we're, we're so close. We're within you know, a second, second and a half of each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, absolutely I, we are. And I
0: remember having that car, and a few times it would just lurch. I think coming out of that last corner it would just get the slightest hint of breakaway or something and traction control would kick in and you know throttle back or it something was something was cutting in i kind of felt like
1: yeah it was very weird very very weird and clearly it was it was not agreeing with me i mean that's one of the things we're talking about what's the car what's the situation but generally pretty close that's the long way to do that answer 45 minutes later the answer <laughs> is we're typically pretty close uh, <laughs> speaking of track stuff i want to answer <laughs> <laughs> Sally Hendra wrote in last week You're about not his wrong. A3. That's the
0: problem. You're not wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh. We can talk. Uh, Sally Hendra wrote in last week about his A3 and coming to Chicago track day. We'd love to see you. Our big recommendation, if you wanted to change something, was your tires. You followed up on that, and I do want to say we're going to try to get Sean from Laps Incorporated. He's our, the co-host of that event. He's actually the one setting it up, and we're joining him on it. We'd like to get him on the podcast to really talk through what does that day look like for all of you newbies. Hopefully we still will. But you're asking very specific questions about, you know, well, what do I need to worry about? What what do I need to not do? What do I need to upgrade? I do want to mention, I didn't mention this last week, I do want to mention if you have a convertible, you probably should call the track and see what their restrictions are on convertibles. Oh good most point. of the time for things like this, if you're running in the newbie group, a lot of times tracks are okay with it, but some tracks across the board, can't do it. Bring an S two thousand, we're sorry, not without a roll bar. I mean, sometimes they get they get strict. It depends on the track. So you probably should call about that question. But I don't think you need to tune your car. If you want to make a change, my recommendation to you would be tires if you want to spend that money. But your biggest question you've asked is what about my brakes? And I would say generally you're going to cook out your stock brakes on your track day. Mm -hmm. However However, most newbies are never going to use their brakes so bad that you're going to destroy them. Sometimes there's exceptions, but I expect that when you're done, you're probably going to need to get your pads changed shortly after the track day. But I don't think you're going to destroy destroy your brakes and not get home. Let me put it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, Should we squeeze in one last one before we wrap up? We're right at a full hour here.
1: I'm just wondering. Oh, sure. Why not? We're here.
0: (laughs) All right. Dale Chang asks, any chance we're going to do a generational retrospective of the BMW M5, kind of like we've done with the 911, <laughs> kind of like we've done with other generational cars? Why, Dale, yeah. you have an M5 you'd like to offer up? Can you, uh, can you bring one to the table? I, uh, we have thought about this. We've got so many other things to get through right now. It's a very yeah. distant back burner kind of thought, but the thought has struck us, and we're, we're thinking uh, that could be a really, really cool creative film because those, those cars have grown so much in size. Over the generation, oh yeah, hugely. They they just well, and I'm gonna, nimble.
1: I'm going to tease without really telling you much. Don't you like that <laughs> that intro? Uh, but we have actually shot a large generational film. Uh, we're almost done shooting a large generational film for this year's feature film that we're incredibly excited about. And we're still keeping it under wraps because we want to get the whole thing in the can. We want to get it actually started in editing, and then we'll drop a teaser on you. But uh, we actually are doing another thing very much in the vein of 50 years of 911, but not on Porsches at all, a big generational thing. So you're not off base to recommend the M5s. uh, That's true. uh, But that's not what we did so far. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of generational things we could do. One of the things we want to try to avoid in these generational things because we've talked about you know, various cars where we could do it. What we don't want to do is do a big generational piece, and the conclusion is, yeah, guess what? This car got better every generation, and the latest one's the best. Right. That's, right. I, I want it to be more interesting and surprising than that. And I think we found another one, like the 911s, that the conclusion isn't obvious. So uh, we'll be talking more about that as we get close. You're
0: right. You didn't let on too much there. That was, uh, you told some without telling very I'm much. I'm
1: trying. I'm trying to be strategic. That, yeah, was, you that know. was
0: well done. Well, thank you, guys. We'll wrap it up here. It's been just over an hour, and, uh, man, we can uh, we can blab, can't we? But thank you for joining us oh, on yes. this entire journey here. We're thrilled to bring this to you. And as Todd said, keep your car debates coming at us at the website or at Everyday Driver TV Gmail. Everyday Driver TV at Gmail. There we go. My there brain's go. going faster than go. my mouth is right now. Well done.
1: Hi, yi Anyway, thank
0: you, guys. <laughs> really appreciate you listening, watching, and uh, talk to you soon.